stay standing for one moment. That'd be great. Just want to worship there. Um, God just spoke to me out of Psalm 46 and verse 10. It says these words. It says to be still and know that he is God. Just to be still and know that he is God. So often we can take that word still as we just got to quieten ourselves. We just got to find a secret place. Those things are all wonderful. But that word still doesn't mean that. Word still means if you could just imagine two armies fighting against each other and the battle's raging. And it still means simply this, is that those armies just stop fighting and they drop what's in their hands and there's peace, there's rest, there's stillness. Just with every eye closed this morning. I just sense the Spirit of God saying to people here today, is just drop it. Just drop what's in your hand right now. That anxiety, would you just drop it? Those words you just want to speak, would you just drop it? That frustration you might have with God this morning, would you just drop it this morning and be still? We don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers. And God's equipped you today. But right now, I just sense miracles taking place in hearts and mindsets. We've been carrying burdens you're not designed to carry. That I'm declaring in the name of Jesus, there is freedom. There is freedom this morning. And the whole reason we're to drop things know that he's God he's God I'm not God I can't change a situation but he can change a situation I can try and try but when you and I come to that place of just being still and knowing that he's God it puts God in his right place and it puts you and I in our right place as sons and daughters of a living, powerful, almighty God. And right now, in the name of Jesus, declare freedom. There's freedom. There's freedom. Freedom. There's peace. There's a stillness. There's awareness of your greatness this morning in our lives, Father wonderful name we all said amen Amen and amen you can be seated thank you guys I love seeing family in the house of God hey serving the house of God there's dad there's big brother there's little brother there's Adam Ryan on the other side for those who know Adam (laughs) and uh, it's it's just a joy to be here uh, this morning, and I want to honour uh, the leaders of this location, Pastor Sam and Pastor Caroline. And uh, to walk in here this morning and just sense the aliveness of God. Like, he's alive. That, that was the best praise I've ever heard. 
at Redcliffe location. I'm not going to put it across the whole world, but man. Top five. Yeah, definitely top five, Dan. <laughs> definitely top five. And uh, wow. Wow, wow. And I love these guys. And uh, what's taking place here is just simply remarkable. And uh, God just took me back to a few years. I don't know how long. It's had the City Point label over this house and all the pastors have gone before, yeah. family members sitting here. Yeah. It's amazing. Legacy was left and yeah. someone just comes and builds upon it and yeah. Pastor Sam and Kay have got that privilege of building upon yeah. the legacy that was left and this great prophetic church. I'm so excited about the prophetic community yeah. uh, that's running here. Uh, you know, this, this location was founded on the prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> There's something yeah. about this. I encourage you to get along Wednesday night. Uh, to that, I'm looking forward to catching up with Vic tomorrow morning, and uh, he always inspires me, yes. and uh, which is just wonderful. We're in the theme of stronger, and I just want to share a thought with you this morning that I, I pray was going to make you stronger. Is the the word that God gave me this morning just for that out of Psalm 46:10? That's just a freebie, all right? Is it? Uh, I just sense there's things in our hands, some hands that you just need to drop today, yeah, and as you drop them, and tomorrow morning you want to pick them up again. And uh, maybe Wednesday night you want to pick them up again. Just, just leave them there. Leave them there, okay? Yeah. Uh, I think the greatest thing that can make you and I stronger is having awareness, and not just an awareness, but actually living in the presence of God. Yeah. And so I want to talk around that theme today. And I pray at the end of this that you'll know that when you're in the presence of God is that you are stronger. Yeah. You are stronger. You are better. Yeah. You are more powerful when you and I are in the presence of God. The presence of God is not about a feeling, although I love feelings. Like you could walk in, praise and worship, it's like there's feelings. It's like I can sense God. And I, I love the, the, the presence of God, and you can sense him and you can feel him, but I, I pray today that you and I are not led. Well, the presence of God wasn't there last week because I didn't feel him. No, no, no. Is that we're not led by feelings. And is he here based on feelings or my feelings? Because I found that my feelings change. God's feelings never change. And so often the presence of God is not there. Maybe you're the problem, not God. Uh, well, so I really say that. Well, that was top five quote right there, Dan. And, uh, and so it's not about being led by feelings, the presence of God. It's about knowing the presence of God is with us. You know, the, the greatest promise that God has ever made to his sons and daughters, is uh, you shall call his name Emmanuel, yeah. meaning God with us. So that's the greatest promise, yeah. is that God stepped foot, clothed himself in human flesh, stepped foot on planet Earth, and came and walked amongst us, that humanity could experience the power and the nature of God, and the nature of God could interact with, with humanity in the form of skin and flesh. That's powerful in itself. So the greatest promise is that his name is Emmanuel, God is with us. The greatest thing that you and I can actually be aware of is that the presence of God is with us day in and day out. Is the presence of God is here this morning because you are here. He doesn't just dwell in a building. No, he dwells in the hearts of men and women. There's a problem with you and I having a sensing and awareing that God's actually with us. Is it 1 Peter 1.8 says it like this, is it? We love him, but we don't see him. We don't see him, and yet we believe in him. That's the greatest faith of all, is that we love a God who we can't actually see with physical eyes, but yet 
even though we don't see him with physical eyes, we see him with spiritual eyes, is that we love him, we believe in him. But so much of human behavior is, if we can't actually see that someone, if someone is not with us, if Nadine is out of my, out of my presence, I can't see her, it, it may, she's not with me, and so often we can apply that back into the kingdom of God as well, is if I can't see him, if I can't feel him, is he really with us? But this morning, I want to let you know the simple truth is that God is with you. It's not about a matter of you and I dragging the presence of God with us because God won't go to some places you want to go to. (laughs) The book of Acts says it like this. It's in Him that we live and we move and we have our being. When you and I are in Him, well, God's going to go everywhere you're going because you're actually going where God wants you to go. But so often we can drag, want to get God, I want to drag him along to where I want to take him. It's like, I don't want to go there. I can't even go there. I can't go there. Into those different places where your mind may go to. I, I can't go into those places. I can't go into those places where your physical body wants to take you. And so we have this dilemma is that we can't see him. And we then feel, well, is God really with us? But this morning, God is with us. There's a threefold presence of God. There's the first nature of the presence of God is that God is omnipresent. Is that he fills every available space. Is that God is everywhere at the same time. What? That's a big God right there. As the psalmist said in Psalm 139, he says, well, where can I escape your presence? Where can I flee from your presence? If I, if I ascend into the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in Hades, you, you are there as well. As the presence of God is everywhere. It fills every available space. Would you create some space today for the presence of God in your life? The second type of presence of God is the active presence, the manifest presence of God. We love a God of activity. You know, Genesis 1 is that there was chaos, the earth was void, it was empty, and then the presence of God comes and the voice of God speaks over chaotic situation, a world that was out of order, and speaks and brings life. Is that Jesus stepped foot on the planet and went from street to village to other nations. And the presence of God came and fell and made made broken bodies whole, set people free is we love the active presence of God. I love, the, I love the power that's in the presence of God that's brought freedom to so many of us that heals our bodies and healed our, our mindsets and mended broken hearts. And the third type of the presence of God and the one I really want to just dwell on this morning is the personal presence of God. This is God abiding within you and I. It's us having this awareness that God is with us is that we are living, breathing temples of God. And I love knowing that God's presence is everywhere, and I love the active presence of God that would bring wholeness and healing and redemption. But this morning, I think it's about coming back to this place of acknowledging His personal presence in our life, that you and I are temples of the Spirit of God. I know people that flow on all around the world seeking the active presence of God and revivals across the world. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think what God's calling us to is would we actually give up the world yeah. to experience his personal presence. Yeah, wow. yeah. That we wouldn't just be hunting around for the next move of God. 
<laughs> it's a move of God every day. Yeah. It may express itself differently, and that's beautiful, and that's wonderful. I get this thought, when we give up the actual world and chasing the certain things we want to chase to acknowledge the personal presence of God in our life, Mark chapter 3 and verse 14, Jesus said these words to his disciples. He said, then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that, they, that he might send them out to preach. He appointed 12 for this sole reason, sole purpose, that those 12 would be with him. And then out of being with him, that they'd go and preach the gospel. And Jesus is really from the outset is determining in these guys' lives is the greatest thing that you can actually do for me is be with me. And out of the position of being with me, then you can go and preach the gospel and lay hands on the sick and cast out demons, all of those things. But so often, church, we get this around the wrong way, is that we want to go for God without actually being with God. And I think we become the greatest frauds if we actually go for God without being with God. Is that we have a form of godliness, but we haven't spent the time in His presence to actually shape and transform our lives so we can actually go in the power of God. So if you and I go for God without being with God, is that we really don't carry the power of God with us. And he's saying to his disciples, guys, from the outset, I want you to be aware of this. Is it so much more important that you are with me than what you do for me? But so often we want to tick off the things, I've done this for him, I've done this for him, I've done this for him, I've done this for him. But God's just saying, no, no, I don't want you to do that, I just want you to be with me. And when you're with me, you're not going to have to tick things off that you've done for me. Because you're doing it out of his strength, not our strength. Yeah. And you say, hey guys, get it right. Would you be with me before you actually go for me? And then we see this journey of the presence of God. It's the very beginning. God breathes into breath of life, into the nostril of Adam. and God walks with his creation in the cool of the evening. How awesome would that be, hey? As God just rocks up at four o'clock in the afternoon. And there he is. You're just walking with God. You know what, it's no different today. Yeah. 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 It's true. He doesn't just rock up in the, even, in the evening time. Yeah. Yeah. Daybreak, he's there. Yeah. The midnight hour, yeah. he's there. Yeah. Noon, he's there. Four o'clock, he's there. It's so often, oh, just God could walk with me. He's with us. Yeah. He's with us. Yeah. Sin entered the world and then the presence of God came at various times. It came into a tent for Moses. And God instructed Moses to build a tabernacle. They'd carry the presence of God around with them, that they literally had this thing on their shoulders. They carried the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant with them. The sign that God was with them. And we know that God can never be contained to a box. He said, I want you to build a splendorous temple. Solomon builds his temple, mind-blowing temple, to house the presence of God. But God can never, ever be contained to a temple. <laughs> He said, now I've got to send my son. The gospel message, the son steps foot on planet earth, terra firma, and everything shifts and everything shapes. So God walks with creation. He goes to a cross. He ascends on the third day. He walks with mankind another 40 days, doing most remarkable things. 
and he ascends into heaven. Ephesians says, as he ascends into heaven, he tags in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's with us now. The Holy Spirit's not in heaven. He's in your heart. Jesus is in heaven. Father's in heaven. The presence is everywhere, but the Holy Spirit is with us. Is that we are literally living, breathing temples of God. Is when we get saved, God moves in. See, salvation is not about getting man into heaven. Salvation is about getting God into man. And the byproduct of having God inside of us is we're going to heaven. But I don't live for God for the reward of heaven. No, I live for God because God wants to dwell inside of us and make a difference to mankind around about us. And he says, if you do that, for the rest of your days, Mike, is you're going to have citizenship in heaven with me. So salvation is not about just going to heaven. No, salvation is about getting God into man. I want to camp around a passage of scripture this morning, Exodus 33. Some of the background of this passage of scripture is the, uh, the Israelites have come out of Egypt. They are, God's given a promise to go into the promised land, come out of the, this place of captivity, and into the promises that God spoke generationally there. From the time they cross over the Red Sea and to enter into the promised land is an 11-day journey, 11 days. That's all it would take from the go from the Red Sea to the promised land, 11 days. For those that know a little bit about your Bible, is that it took them 40 years to do an 11-day journey. Who thinks that's just frustrating? But I look at some of my, my walk with God over the years and that which was supposed to just take 11 days, I've made it out much, much longer than that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of the promises of God being delayed yeah. because of my stupidity. Yeah. 11 days! Yeah. 40 years! My gosh, that was hard. <laughs> I don't know what's going to come out. I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. So a bit of background here is that the promise is there. Is that Moses has now gone up onto the Mount Sinai to get the law from God. He's up there, I don't know, maybe six weeks or so. And the Israelites down on base camp are getting really restless. Is Moses ever going to come back? Has he just deserted us, left us? Like, what's happening here? And over this period of time, the Israelites come to this conclusion, well, it's like God's not with us, so let's just make our own God. Let's just melt down all the gold and the silver that we have. We're going to build this, this calf, and we're going to worship the calf. Like, it's only six weeks that Moses is gone, and humanity take the, the solution to their own hands <laughs> and say, let's set up another idol that we can worship, is this morning we can do the craziest of things when we don't sense the presence of God is yeah. with us. And this morning it's not about sensing, it's just about a knowing that God yeah. is with us. Yeah. Right. So Exodus 33 and verse 1. So obviously God's ticked off. Moses now ticked off. They're up on the mount. 
God says to Moses, go down there, sort it out. I'm over them. I'm just over them. We pick up verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here. You and the people whom you've brought out of the land of Egypt to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants I will give it. And so God's saying, go up to that land that I promised, the promised land. I'm going to give it to you. Verse 2, he says, and I will send my angel before you. And I'll drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hevite, and the Jebusite. And I love this, and I'll send my angel before you. Who, who would be excited at that? Like, you're just in the prayer closet, right? And God said, this week, whatever the hardest thing you're going to face this week is that I'm going to send an angel before you. And you know, the angels of God are not like the Valentine's Day angel, a little baby Cupid, you know, a little bow and arrow sort of angel there. We know that the angels of God, they are mighty warriors. Like every time an angel of God shows up, what are their first words? Like, fear not, do not be afraid. And then here God's saying, this whole nation, I'm going to send an angel before you. These guys are like, yes, we're going to the promises of God. An angel of God is going to go before me. Mike, this Tuesday, you've got a tough meeting with Pastor Sam. The angel of God is going to go before me, not him. I'm going to get the victory. Like, it would be so exciting to know. The angel of God is going to go before us. It's like, anyone happy about that? Like, that's my response as well. It's like, yeah, just bring them all. Like, don't just bring one. I want a whole legion coming down. Like, <laughs> verse 3, somehow that's not the response of the children of Israel. Verse 3, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. But God says these words, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way. Is that the Israelite, they are not happy right now. They were happy to think, oh, the angel of God's going up, but here God's just putting it all in perspective. I just want to let you know, I'm not going with you. I've given you the promise, I'm not going with you at all. That changes everything. And the next verse even changes it more. Because if I actually go with you, I'm going to eat you. (laughs) I may just eat you on the way into my promises because I am so ticked off with you that you would put other idols before me. You'd seek someone else's face and seek someone else's advice rather than my advice. Don't follow me based upon feelings. No, follow me based upon a knowing that my promise is with you. And here to the Israelites, no, I'm not going to go with you lest I consume you on the way. I've had a couple of physical fights in my life with people outside of my family. But I know Pastor Brian many times said to me, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to eat you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to devour you. Many times in my life, but I've never ever had God say, I'm going to eat you. Or maybe I haven't chosen to hear those words. <laughs> and so now it changes everything. Is God says, you can go, and ha- go up into the promises of God, but I'm not actually going to go with you. And what are the promises of God without God? And nothing. Verse 4, And the people heard this bad news. They mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. You just love the Bible sometimes. No one put on his or- ornaments like... 
wouldn't it be better to put her ornaments? Like, I, I just can't imagine me wearing ornaments. I'm like, look at you, like, imagine you with ornaments. Who's that? Verse 7. The Israelites are here literally saying, hey, God, if you're not going to go with us, we don't even want to go. God, we we want your presence more than anything else. This morning, would that be our cry, church? Is we want your presence more than anything else. More than anything else. In verse 7, and Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp. I think Moses is really wise right now. It's like just a few verses earlier, God's saying, I'm going to eat them, I'm going to destroy them. And now they're in camp, and Moses decided to pitch his tent way over there. Like, all the people over here. But Moses said, man, if God's going to come and eat them and consume them, I don't want to be any part of that. So he pitched his his tent way, way, kilometre down the road. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting. This is not the tabernacle. This is Moses' tent that the presence of God comes and visits him with which was outside the camp. And so it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at the door of his tent and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle or his tent that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. And so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Dan, could you just grab him? There's an incredible passage of scripture here. Is that Moses has set up his tent far from the Israelites. And Moses would go down into his tent and would experience the presence of God. And and would experience the presence of God. Joshua, a young man, would go and linger at the tent. He couldn't go inside the tent, but he stayed on the outside just to be in the presence of God. But it says that all the other Israelites, they just watched, they stood at the door of their tent as Moses went into the presence of God, as they saw Joshua just lingering around the presence of God, every one of the Israelites had the opportunity to go down and do exactly what Joshua was doing, linger around the presence of God. But the whole nation decided that they would just simply stand at the door of their tent. They came from a place of respect and honor. They watched Moses go in to the presence of God, but they just stood at the door of their tent. Whenever tents used in the Word of God, it always speaks of our lifestyle. And there's a couple of observations I make out of this passage of Scripture. Is that the Israelites were more comfortable by their tent than by the tent of God. They were more comfortable by their tent than by engaging in the presence of God. And this morning, I'm not going to get down because I went for a big bike ride this morning. I probably won't get up if I get down inside my tent. I don't think we can ever be in a position or a place where our lifestyle dictates our relationship with God. We must always be in a position where our relationship with God 
dictates our lifestyle. We live in an age today where it's my needs so often over the presence of God. Is God, I'm okay to follow and serve you as long as it fits in with my lifestyle. But this morning, church, would we have a shift and say, hey, God, it's not about my lifestyle, it's about your presence today. And it's from your presence, would you dictate and would you alter my lifestyle? As the Israelites, they worship from a distance. That was a second observation. Is they had the opportunity to fully engage in the presence of God, but they decided it's going to worship from a distance. I'm aware of God. I'm aware of what he can do. I'm aware he's accessible and he's available for me, but I'm choosing just to worship from a distance. And I understand there's times and seasons in our life where things come around about us that cause us to take some backward steps. I've been there. I've been there. But we're not designed to be there and worship from a distance. Yeah. So I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what's in your hand today that you may have dropped earlier on. And that freedom will allow you to embrace the presence of God again, relationship with God again. I don't know if it's fear, it's an anxiety. I don't know if you've been hurt by somebody. It may feel like you've been let down by God. Today he's saying, hey, no, 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 would you just come? Would you engage in a place of worship again? Would you just don't worship from a distance. Don't even try to get your life 100% perfect before you come into the place of relationship with Jesus. So often people say, I, I, can't, I can't even, I can't be in relationship with God because my life's not right. Mm. Yeah. Morning, I want to let you know this. is that God does not love some future version of you better. Right. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Come on. Yeah. He loves you right now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's loves you right now. So God does not love some future yeah. version of you better. Will he leave you where you are? No, no. Will he sustain you where you are? Yes, he will. Will his grace cover you and I for where we are? Yep. But his grace covers us as we continue to move forward. Yeah. Not just sit in the same spot. And today, you don't have to be perfect to embrace the fullness of God. It's why I pray that we would not be more comfortable with our lifestyle than with the presence of God. I pray that we wouldn't worship from a place of distance. And then Moses said to the Lord, I have like 30 seconds left. <laughs> so you say to me, bring up this people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. Is this heart cry of Moses saying, God, I want to know you. And I want to know your ways. There's this hunger and thirsting for the things of God. That I may find grace in your sight and consider this, that this nation is your people. As Moses knew this, he's saying, hey God, I just want to operate on one principle alone. This is the principle. Is I want our nation, I want my life to be directed by your hand. Yeah, come 
I want the government of our nation to be directed by your hand. When we go into battle, I want your strategies, not the strategies of somebody else. As a God, I want you to go with me. I want you to go before me. As God says in the promises. Verse 14, and God says, my presence will go with you. I think everything changed right there. (laughs) 14 verses, this dialogue going back at it. I'm not going with you. I'm not going with you. And God says, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. And this morning, you may feel that God's not going to go with me. He hasn't gone with me. But things can shift and change in our lives. The nature of God doesn't change. He says, I'm going to go with you, and I'm going to give you rest. The greatest thing that you and I, we see is when the presence of God comes around about our lives, is he says, I'm going to give you rest. In a world of full of activity, just life, things just overtake us and the rapid pace of life. The greatest thing that humanity needs is a place of rest. He says, I'm going to give you rest. And God says to him, if Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. God, I don't even want to go into your promises unless you promise you are with me in this. He says, for how shall it be known that I have found grace in your sight, I and your people? Is it not your going with us so that we are distinct? We are a distinct people purely because the presence of God goes with us. There is nothing that makes us distinct except for that. But the presence of God is with us. The presence of God is with us and therefore we are distinct. I and your people and every other people on the face of the earth. Moses saying, God, I don't want to take another step unless your presence goes with me. God, I'm not moving beyond this point right now unless your presence is going with me. As Moses is teaching us something so powerful and so significant. is the goal of the Christian walk. The goal is not the promises of God. The goal is not the promised land. The goal is God. And so often we can get it confused. No, no, God, I just want the promises of God. He said, no, no, it's not about my promises. No, it's not about the promises of God. It's about having God first. And when we have God, the promises will automatically be there. Just the musicians are coming this morning. I love the promise of God, but man, I want God more than just seeing promises fulfilled. Let me finish on this one thought. I apologize, I've gone a few minutes over. Is that there is a condition attached to the presence of God being with you and I. It's a great passage of scripture found in 2 Chronicles 14. Is that there is the king, King Azar, and the army of Judah are going out to battle. And they're coming up against an Ethiopian army of one million plus men. The nation of Judah is nowhere near that big and the army is much smaller than that. The, the odds of them having a victory are really slim, really minor. But this king does something that he just knows he has to do. He comes and he starts to pray for God's intervention, God's help. And we pick up the story. Verse 11, 2 Chronicles 14, it says, And Azza cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many, or with those who have no power. You know, sometimes the best prayer we can pray is these next two words, help us. Just help me. There have been times in my life where nothing else, I haven't been able to pray other things, and any other words or add to it. It's just a cry of help. Help me, God. Help me. Help me, O oh God. For we rest on you. You know this. 
this presence of God. He's aware of the presence of God whenever we talk of rest. And in your name will go up against this multitude, one million plus men. And O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Azar and Judah. And the Ethiopians fled. You read the the rest of that chapter there. They catch up with the Ethiopians and have a great, great victory. A million plus men against tens of thousands. How can that be? Because God helped us. And King Az is coming back with the army into Jerusalem. They're triumphant. And a prophet by the name of Azariah comes out and says some most powerful words and it clarifies as to how the presence of God will be with you and I every day of our life. It says, Now the Spirit of the Lord came upon the prophet Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Azar and said to him, Hear me, Azar, and all Judah and all of Benjamin. The Lord is with you. Here's the condition. The Lord is with you while you are with him. The Lord is with us while we are with him. If you seek him, he'll be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Amazing passage of scripture today. As the Lord God will be with you and I as long as we are with him. It's not a feeling, it's a knowing. It's not just a knowing, it's a relationship. It's just not relationship, it's intimacy with an almighty God. And when we're in that position, you can be guaranteed the presence of God goes with you and before you, he's got your back. <laughs> this morning, just with every head bowed, every eye closed, you know that God will be with you while you are with him. And this morning, I just want to ask you just a simple question. Only you can answer this question. I can't answer it on your behalf, and I wouldn't want to even guess it on your behalf, and you can't answer it of me. This morning, are you with God? Are you with Him? And I don't know the position of every person here, but God knows your position, the position of your heart. And I'm not bringing condemnation or shame to anyone today. It's the most personal of questions. But the answer to this question is so, so crucial. It's paramount. It's life and death. The Lord is with you while you are with Him. Are you with Him this morning? And maybe you're here in church for the very first time never heard a mercy message like this. As I want to let you know that God loves you today. He came and He died and He rose again position you in a place of victory, in a place of relationship. Or maybe this morning you just sense like the children of Israel, you've just been worshipping from a distance, and I know how that feels. Today it's about being fully engaged, not letting anything, not letting your life and your lifestyle become before relationship with God. Today I'd love the opportunity to pray for you. If you're not with God, if you can be honest in your assessment of your relationship with Jesus. And this morning, just with every eye closed and head bowed. I just love you lift up your hand. It's a sign of who I'm going to pray for. Thank you so much for that hand. I appreciate that. Thank you over that sign. I appreciate that hand. If there are others this morning, just say, hey God, I want to be with you today. I want to be with you today. One last opportunity to pray. 
Father, I thank you. The greatest miracle of all has just taken place. Where hearts and lives have been repositioned. Father, we thank you for your incredible grace. I thank you for your presence. It's available to us that right now, Father, those ones that have lifted their hands or opened their hearts today, they are now declared sons and daughters of Almighty God. That where relationship may have been fractured, that it's renewed right now. That, Father, they now put themselves in a position of abiding within the vine, the life source of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you. Even from this very moment, they would know their self-worth has changed. Warring that's gone inside their minds and hearts, it is gone. That there's a freedom in the name of Jesus. Thank you that they're born again by the Spirit of God. Fathers of church today, we'd not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we determine that we'd walk with you. And as we walk with you, we know that your presence is with us. Thank you in the mighty and the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. This morning for those ones that lift up your hand, or maybe you didn't lift up your hand today, but you just felt something move or shift, I'd love the opportunity. The leadership team would love the opportunity to meet with you and simply just go up to the back of the Yes Desk, Maria Auditorium, some of our leaders there would just love to pray with you, resource you, help you on the journey. Who knows with Jesus, there's always another step. There's another step. And uh, we'd love to be able to help you with that. It's called discipleship. As we journey with you in life, you become so fruitful in the kingdom of God. So this morning, why don't we stand at our feet? This week, I pray that you would be put yourself in a position. And the position is this. That's, we position our lives inside of Jesus, however you could imagine or picture that to be. That it's in Him that we live and we move and we have our being this week. That's a guarantee that God is with us and we are with God as our lives are positioned inside of Him. And when Wednesday hits, just know that God's with you. When Saturday night comes around, let's just know that God's with us and we walk back into this building. So the presence of God does this. It changes our relation with Jesus from a place of duty to devotion. Yeah. A place of ritual to a place of relationship. Yeah. From just a, another meeting to a holy gathering. Yeah. And the next Sunday we walk in here, it's just not a meeting. This is a holy gathering yeah. of relationship and of devotion. I, I encourage you at the end of this message, please hang around. Grab a tea, grab a coffee. Come and say hello if you need prayer for anything. I know the ministry team would love to pray for you. So we go out singing, rejoicing. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you.